hear about the Lesser of Two Evils marathon that we, the staff of Caustic Soda, recorded with some of Vancouver's funniest comics at the Seven Dining Lounge here in Vancouver. It was great. If you were not able to attend this live show, you can still listen to it by downloading it from causticgear.com. Now, we're releasing it as a pay-what-you-want. So that could be a dollar, that could be a million dollars, or if you want, it could be no dollars if you don't have any dollars whatsoever, or if you just don't like us and want to protest. But hey, if you like it, tell your friends. Fighting with a broken hand, sprained wrist, and mild concussion? Taekwon don't? I'm Kevin Leeson. Rat slaver? Flanks for nothing. I'm Torin Atkinson. Taking my cancer medication was a rash decision. I'm Cameron Potter. Tornado Alley, where you find the mobile homeless. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Follow-ups, XV. Sounds like a, uh, a spin-off of uh, Special Victims Unit. <laughs> uh, it's X-Men 5, isn't it? Oh, there you go. That's around the corner. That's imminent. We're, we'll probably have one of those next summer or the summer after. Probably. All right. Very good, guys. Oh, listen to that. That is Cameron Potter. Soda Jerk Prime 2014. <laughs> How are y'all doing today? Good. Well, I'm going to do Cameron's bona fides for her. Whoa. Because uh, uh, that's what happens when you give us money. She's not qualified. That's oh, how well, Im- hey now. <laughs> that's how important she is to us because she is the winning bidder from our Indiegogo fundraising campaign, the become a guest on the show mm-hmm. uh, portion of the uh, contribution that has made all of this possible. Thanks, Cameron. Yeah, you're welcome. It just means I have more money than brains, I guess. That uh, I wish that were true about all of our soda jerk fans. It's <laughs> a good problem to have. Yeah, well, you know, for us. So you are our primary contributor for uh, 2014. So I think we've decided your code name is Soda yeah. Jerk Prime. Yeah, 2014. That's it. Moving forward. Do I do I have to transform into something else, or can I just stay the way I am? You get if to you choose. Can, you should. You, it you is should. A, it is an audio only podcast. So if you just make the noise, that should suffice. Yeah. Okay. That's not half bad. That was fantastic. That's not half bad. What do you transform into, Cameron? Um, I assume it's an eight-track tape. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think she transforms into awesomeness. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is hence why she's on the show. Cameron, you hail from Oklahoma. Is that yes. correct? That is correct, and. Um... It's wonderful here. I don't know if you've ever heard much about the state of Oklahoma, but, you know, we are very proud of our state and we love living here. Everybody here is very, uh, very nice and uh, cost of living is low and it's a little boring sometimes, but hey, you know, better boring than, you know, having a high crime rate. Can you sing the state anthem? You guys well, all I have anthems for each state, can, don't you? but I'm not sure you, <laughs> you actually want me to. Or the Oklahoma University fight song? They all just kind of end with a rah, 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 don't they? Oh, no. Don't make me do that one. All right. <laughs> Doesn't it just go, Oklahoma, 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 oh. Oh, oh goes, no. Right? No, <laughs> that's not how it goes. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the yeah. plains. Where the Keep going. Don't weed. stop. 
<laughs> it can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. Anyway. Wow. Oh, Cameron, he's See, got a stage voice. I know, holding it back. Here's from my us. big question: What's a Oklahoma? A Oklahoma? Well, yeah, because I imagine that when they discovered the state, they just went, "Oh, Oklahoma," and uh, then that's how they decided yeah. what to call it. No, it's 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 Oklahoma and Homa, and it's two Choctaw words that mean "land of the red man." So. Oh, there you go. oh, okay. I thought it was going to have something to do with that, uh, you know, okra. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, just a okra. mispronunciation okra. of okra. <laughs> like, uh, you know, you make okra at home, and that's uh, everybody was cooking tons of okra back in the day. Land of the green herb. <laughs> yeah, well, that that would be more Louisiana than Oklahoma, but what can I say? It's like, okra, home, uh, that's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but I do understand that Oklahoma is in Tornado Alley, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. We are the heart of Tornado Alley. <laughs> Well, tell us more. We want to, because we, we've, I don't know, I'm sure being caustic, uh, caustic soda jerk prime, uh, that uh, you realize we've done a Tornadoes episode. Well, I know. And I listened to it. And I was a little bit disappointed that you did not point out the fact that Oklahoma has had more devastating tornadoes than anywhere else in Tornado Alley. Um, I think that is the mantra of all of our listeners. We're a little <laughs> bit disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the EF scale, which uh-huh. you had on your program, mm-hmm. it goes up to five. And there have been very few EF5 tornadoes. Mm-hmm. But in May 3rd, 1999, there were 74 tornadoes that went through Kansas and Oklahoma. And 46 people died. 36 wow. of those were in Oklahoma City. Uh, the strongest tornado rated a maximum EF5. And it tracked for nearly an hour and a half along a 38-mile path. Wow. And, uh, yeah. According and you were to, in the middle of it. Well, we were actually very, very close to it. Um, it kind of veered around where I was at the time, so I was very lucky. We didn't sustain any damage. Other than we, we had a few broken limbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but anyway, and then a little bit closer in timeline to modern day, uh, May 21st, 2013, we had another EF5 hit Oklahoma City almost along the exact same path as the one in 1999. What? I Ooh. thought a tornado never strikes twice. Well, it's <laughs> well, that's not like lightning. lightning, you know. And uh, 25 people were killed in that storm, including seven children who were trapped in a school. So Uh it was really pretty sad. This one was more than a mile wide, and it was on the ground for 40 minutes, and wind speeds reached 210 miles per hour. Am I the only one who thinks they should redo the scale so that however many people die in the tornado, that's the the level that it is? Oh, interesting. Interesting. I like that idea. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and that'd the, be scientifically uh, measurable. And then, quite. then you're going to have people competing by running out into tornadoes to kill themselves just so their state can have hey, the deadliest one. If they're that dumb and, and patriotic, I'm all for that. Yeah. Here, here in Oklahoma, people do go outside to watch. I mean, it, when the tornadoes go off, instead of heading for the tornado shelters, everybody goes, hey, let's go outside and see what's going on. But the, let's get into our tornado uh, duck blind. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, but they never we, see us in here. We've seen a tornado that went very close to our house, about a half a mile away. Uh huh. And uh, you know, it, it left quite a lot of destruction. But fortunately, like I said, it was half a mile from our house. So again, all we had was broken limbs. But um, so yeah, was, we were outside I, watching it go by. I'm assuming that tornado wasn't one of those where they say it was like a half mile wide. No, that one was actually pretty non, you know, three centimeters on a man. Yeah, inconsequential. Yeah, it was like an F3, I think. Right. All right. Um, F, uh, F FU tornado. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I think that's all tornadoes. Yeah. Should be be with the FU scale. Yeah, as in like F up your, F your home, F your house, F your town, F your, your dog. Yeah, right. these tornadoes are really severe. I mean, they leave nothing standing when it's get when it gets up to the F five. There are houses that are, I mean, nothing left but the concrete See, slab. That is Cameron. like Kevin on a weekend. Yeah, I'd leave a, a <laughs> path of destruction. Yeah, but he also goes. <laughs> Cameron, <laughs> I detect away. a note of almost pride in your voice when you talk about how Oklahoma gets more F fives than anywhere else. You know, we got to be known for something. You're not—that's the only thing you're known for. You're not known for anything else. Oh no, actually, Oklahoma is known for quite a bit of things that are very famous, like uh, okra. Like okra. Like okra. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so a little pop quiz here for you. Oh, 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 this is exciting. Okay, so you may not know it, but Oklahoma has Olympic and Paralympic training sites. And thanks to the tornadoes, one can very quickly become the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to have you guys guess which, uh, which Olympic events are trained here in Oklahoma. All right. Oklahoma trivia. I love this. This oh, should be the, the one, Oklahoma. It's the one where you ski and swim and dance and shoot. Oh, the, the, the quad <laughs> Is that a real event? <laughs> it should be. No, that'd I don't be, think so. That would be Torrin's event. The Torrin loves dancing. Yeah. Okay. So, any other guesses? We're, we're guessing which events are uh... the only Olympic event I know of is uh, where you throw that ball. Was well, it is the it, shot put? Yeah. Is it Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics? We're talking about. Uh, these are all Summer Olympics. Okay. All right. Ooh. I'm gonna go with hiking. <laughs> that is not an event. Not an event. <laughs> you get the gold medal in reaching the top of a mountain and taking a look. What do they have in Oklahoma? They got lots of wind. Uh, I'm gonna go with windsurfing. Windsurfing? No, Ooh, sorry, s- not an event. Uh, no, I think surfing is Snake event. eating. Uh, actually, there is an event, but it's not an Olympic one. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they actually do have rattlesnake hunts where they go out right. and you know hunt the snakes, and then they they cook them and eat them. It's yeah. Wait a minute! I think we talked about it's that in our snakes episode, actually. <laughs> My guess is tornado-assisted gymnastics. Ooh, well, gymnastics is one that is trained here. Okay, hey. all right. Yeah. Joe wins. Yeah, the, the the one where they have the um the ball and the ribbon and yeah. whatnot. Uh, they really oh rhythmic gymnastics. No, rhythmic gymnastics. Uh, you guys may have heard of a little girl named Shannon Miller. Okay. Yeah, she nope, was nope. an Olympic gymnastics champion. And okay. She's from Oklahoma. She's from Edmond, where I live. Well, there you go. Good times. Yeah. So uh, what what else uh, what else do they train for in Oklahoma? Okay, so we have sitting volleyball. That's a Paralympic sport. Okay, right. all right. Okay. Where it's all about the digging, <laughs> right? It's all about getting down underneath that thing. Not so much spiking. No, probably no spiking. Yeah. I would have to guess. Uh-huh. All right, uh, archery. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. You'd think that. Oh, you know why? Because they have to overcome adversity with all the tornadoes. 
So the arrows are just flying everywhere. If you can, if you can hit a target. Oh, I know. It's like the tornado is coming. Let's shoot a line from this building to the next building. Oh, and climb and uh, you know zip line over. I was going more like, hey, if you can hit a target in Oklahoma, you can hit a target anywhere. Right. Right. Got to uh, account for all the wind drift and all that. But the number of spectators uh, drops rapidly after they start shooting. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we've got the areas clearly marked for people to stay behind. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, power lifting. Okay. All Four. right. Lifting power. Uh-huh. Uh, lifting power. Not the same thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, rowing, canoeing, and kayaking are all uh, trained for here on the Oklahoma River, which runs through the middle of Oklahoma City. Okay. Wow, there you go. Yeah. So you guys have a river. I guess there you go. <laughs> We do have a river. Yeah, it's not very big, but it is a river. They uh, they actually had to dig it out. The saying was that it was, uh, what was it, too thick to swim and too thin to plow. So um, they uh, they dug out a section of it and renamed it the Oklahoma River, and that's where they do all their training. That should become my personal slogan. That sounds think, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too thick to swim and too thin to to plow that yes. is that thick is to swim too thin to plow i i should have a t-shirt made up and an arrow pointing at my face that, that should that should be the the oklahoma t-shirt action but we're also known for you know uh, let's see some famous people from oklahoma include garth brooks mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, vince gill paul okay. harvey i don't know if you remember paul harvey or not he was a broadcaster in the old days of radio okay uh, Shannon Lucid, who is an astronaut. Oh, and she has those dreams that she can control. Yeah. Yeah, Lucid Dreaming. Uh-huh. Uh, Mickey Mantle, baseball player. Uh, Reba McIntyre, I'm sure you've heard of her. Uh-huh. Okay, Brad Pitt is from Oklahoma. Really? Mm. Yes, so it's the land of the good-looking people, too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie Underwood. Uh, Alfrey Woodward. Woodard. Uh-huh. She's an actor. And, yeah. And... Um, you know, and then we have some people we're not quite so proud of, like oh. <laughs> Hitler. Like, Hitler. Now this list gets interesting. Uh-huh. Or, or Roberts is from Oklahoma. Or oh yeah, yeah. So lives up to his name. Kind of a little, you know, if you can't be famous, be infamous. You know? Right. Well, that that segues perfectly into follow-ups for fisticuffs. Oh, does it now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I've got a quick Fisticuffs follow-up. It's also a gorilla's follow-up. It's also kind of weird and Fisticuffs hilarious. Fisticuffs and gorillas together. <laughs> I, like last. Yeah. I like the way this is starting. Uh, so this is a quote from Mike Tyson. Uh, I, I, I tried to do some follow-ups to double-check. Uh, he claims that this is true. So right. uh, other than him so- saying it, who knows? So this is from Mike Tyson himself. Yeah. So I'm gonna this is I'm gonna do it in Mike Tyson's voice. Oh, I like this. I like the I like the way this is starting. I paid a worker at New York Zoo to reopen it just for me and Robin, who was his wife at the time. Yeah. We got to the gorilla cage. There was one big silverback gorilla there that was just bullying all the other gorillas. They were so powerful, but their eyes were like an innocent infant. <laughs> <laughs> I offered the attendant ten thousand dollars to open the cage and let me smash that silver box snot box. <laughs> <laughs> he declined. His, his snot box. His snot box. His snot box. <laughs> because he likes punching innocent infants. Well, no, because the gorilla, <laughs> the gorilla is bullying all the others. So Mike Tyson figures the I way to solve that right. is I'll just go in there right. and punch him in the face. Then I'll become the alpha male, and now I have to lead this stupid group of gorillas for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it is true. Right. Like, I mean, here's here's the uh, uh, the question. Yeah. Do you think Mike Tyson could actually beat up a silverback gorilla? Oh, God, no. No, uh, no. no there's no chance. 
No, and that I, gorilla would take him apart limb by limb. You know what would be awesome? What would have been awesome? Because if he was still married to his wife, Robin, I mean, this was like the peak of his career. Like he was, you know, uh, a top of the world. No one could beat him. He was, you know, the premier boxing champ, arguably one of the greatest of all time. And if he'd been ripped apart by a silverback gorilla while at a zoo and like oh, the, yeah. some sort of uh, personality disorder induced... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> lunacy. Here's ten thousand dollars. Let me in. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, I'm responsible for Mike Tyson being dead. That would have oh, been yeah. one of the greatest sports stories of all time. Mike Tyson <laughs> tried to beat up a silverback gorilla and failed. I'm not sure miserably. if if the gorillas know the rules of boxing. That's oh. exactly why yeah. they would win. <laughs> you don't think they they adhere to Marcus of Queensbury? <laughs> they or make whatever? their own rules. That's the thing. Mike Tyson in his prime was known for being wickedly fast and wickedly strong. Yeah. So I think you know he would step in there and go up to it and it would probably not recognize a threat right away and he'd probably get a few good hits in. Yeah. But we're talking about like animals that can lift, what do they lift? Like 800 pounds or something? something. Like, like they're ridiculously strong. They weigh like 400 pounds themselves. Well, what about like boldness? Like it would just tear though? him to pieces. What about Mike Tyson's boldness? Yeah. You think like in the animal kingdom, that's worth something. Uh, right? Yeah, Compared well, to a silverback gorilla? I mean, his not box, you know? I yeah. Just, it just would have taken him apart. Yeah. I think it would have got hit and gone, oh, is that what we're doing? And then torn him <laughs> I'm to I'm going to grab this arm. Now this is my arm. Yeah. Oh, I got another arm. Hey, do these go in different directions? Let's <laughs> find out. Yeah, but Mike Tyson would have had his snot box. That's true. That's right. I, I, don't, I don't doubt that that silverback might have had a bloody nose as it's tearing his arms off. Maybe Mike Tyson might have confounded it with the whole, like, I got your nose routine. Oh, yeah. Right? And then it just, like, absolutely became mesmerized with the, uh, I got your nose. So you're thinking Mike Tyson would outthink the gorilla. I'm yeah. just, it's possible? And then the gorilla grabs one of his legs and hold, holds him upside down That's and right. goes, Give me my nose! Give me my nose! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, what I wouldn't have paid to be a spectator to that uh, whole uh, yeah. whole throwdown. It yeah, been... that is a match that should have happened. Yeah. That is that would have gotten me interested in boxing. Mike Tyson versus Silverback. That sounds like the kind of thing they would have done at old school carnies. Yep. Right? Old school carnivals, <laughs> yes. like back in the 19th century. Side oh, yeah. yeah. But it just was some guy in, yeah, a, in, in a gorilla, gorilla suit. suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Evander Holyfield in a gorilla suit. Oh. April punch 2014, me, New Zealand. I'm going to punch you with facts, Torn. Oh, what? Yeah. In February, Kavinga Helotu Lavame, 29 years old, was found guilty at the High Court in Auckland of murdering Richard John Lease, a 55-year-old man who lived in a sleepout next door. A sleepout? Lease was What's found- a sleepout? Uh, I think it's an outdoor uh, sleeping arrangement. It's basically it's not, a porch. It's a hammock? It's kind of a porch that's been converted into a place where people could sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ease was found dead in the converted garage on October 12, 2012, and Lava May was arrested three days later after police found him at his aunt's house. At the trial, he was found guilty of the theft of a stereo and a game console. Crown prosecutor Alicia McClintock said Lee suffered at least 11 vicious blows to the head and neck. On Lava May's own evidence, the victim had been knocked out by the third punch, she said. After the attack, he told friends there was a voice in his head telling him to keep punching. Right. Justice Gilbert said you told one person that after a while you started enjoying it because it gave you a thrill. A pathologist found Lees would have lain on a couch struggling to breathe for at least 30 minutes after the attack. Despite going back into the room more than once to steal electronic goods, Lava May did not help the victim. It's alleged the attack occurred because Lees owed Lava May $100. Wow. So Lava May, sorry, was he a house guest? 
Uh, no, I think he was living next door oh, in this in sort this, of in, in this, this open sleep, sleep out. out area, okay. which gave uh, people willing to punch other people in the face repeatedly until they die. Right. Uh, unfettered access. Right. Yes. A little too much open yeah. air in your open air sleeping arrangement. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if it's, I've double checked. It's not necessarily open air. It's kind kind of looks like, it's like uh, a little mini cabin kind of like a, a little tiny, a shed that's been converted into a place you can sleep. Yeah. Right. right. Like all those uh, storage places where uh, people live under the radar. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what do you think he did to deserve being punched in the face? I mean, uh, he, had a, he had an Xbox and a, a handful of cash. Was that uh, uh, an Xbox and a, a, a stereo and a games console. I mean, I'm assuming it's an Xbox because this guy became an X-person. But the reason that we're doing a Fisticuffs follow-up is because we understand, Cameron, that you yourself have a background in the martial arts. I do, actually. Um, I began doing Taekwondo in 1990, uh-huh. and uh, I got my black belt in 1993. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I was very proud of it. It, it was one of the most difficult things that I've ever done. Well, now three years to get a black belt, is that considered fast or is that considered slow? Uh, it's kind of medium. Uh, if yeah. you're young okay. and, you know, ha- just in really good shape, you can do it in a year and a half to two years. But, you know, I was, good Lord, I was 30 when I started. So, Oh, uh, good Lord. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you're as old as 30. I mean, I'm only 29. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the thought of turning 30 just makes my blood run cold. Well, you know, after you've had a couple of kids, it's, your body kind of goes bleh. So yeah. it, was, it was difficult. But, but then aren't you particularly uh, akin to fighting? Don't you kind of want to just punch everything once you've had a couple of kids? Uh, it <laughs> once was, you become a mother? <laughs> yes, it was great uh, stress relief, you know, and it was uh-huh. one of the things that drew me to it was that I could, you know, kick and punch and scream and it was okay to do that. So mm. uh, in fact, it might've even been encouraged. Yeah, actually it was the, the style that I studied was a mixture of classic Taekwondo and Okinawan style karate and jujitsu. Okay. And, uh, my master Guy Poos started when he got out of the army uh-huh. after the Korean war. And he actually studied in Korea and learned the, you know, the actual Korean-style Taekwondo. Now, did you say his name was Guy Poos? Yes, I did. Man, no wonder he's so tough. (laughs) Do not mess with this man, okay? He's in his 70s. He's about five feet tall and, you know, weighs probably 110 pounds, and yet I would absolutely not mess with this man. He's going to shove your your poos down your throat. Man, he's he's going to poos in your face. Tough, 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 tough guy. You know, he he used to stand over by the side of the uh, classroom and punch a board that was nailed to the wall, just back and forth each hand, just uh-huh. bam, 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 just to toughen up his knuckles. It Whoa. scared the <laughs> shit out of all of us. Well, I would imagine that the martial arts attract a certain sector which kind of has a sadistic streak. It seems that way, mm-hmm. from my experience. By the yeah, way, sadistic streak... Uh, no, nope, never mind. Forget it. Sadistic streak. <laughs> sadistic streak. Uh, one of the Flash villains. There you go. There oh, you go. Oh, take that. <laughs> All I know is I went to like uh, karate or 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 um, not taekwondo. What's the other one? Judo. 
No, jujitsu. Uh, uh, it might have been jujitsu. Uh-huh. Uh As to, like to audit the class and see yeah. if I wanted mm-hmm. to take it. Yeah. And the instructor was just like punching me, punching me, punch me, and I said, mm, "This is not for me. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I don't like people inv- invading my personal space, much less actually." Punching me with force <laughs> yeah. in the chest, yeah. and he's like, "See, you just got to get used to it. It just it doesn't really hurt, does it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's yeah, super it, annoying. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I got the pain in my chest now. No, I'm going home." You were you you went to audit a class, and you were thinking you were the oddity in the class. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I was I, the one who didn't like to get punched. Yeah, I my my experience with martial arts instructors is that they all like to make that kind of training not fun. I don't mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like. Misery loves Phys- company. Physical education should be something people should do, so you should make it at least kind of enjoyable. And yeah. people who teach it tend to not think about that. Yeah, um, the instructor in our cl- our our school, um, whom everybody really respected, and because he liked wolves, or just the wolf thing was <laughs> because just- he wore the wolf no, hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was just a a real badass. Oh, nice. I mean, but he was very. Uh, reserved he was very quiet he didn't mm. he didn't put himself forward you know i would like but, i would like if like in regular life he wore those shirts with like the three wolves, the three wolves. The moon i actually think he has one of those oh nice yeah because nice. yeah. people wouldn't nobody who wears that would you think is any is tough or badass right well this guy is in his mid-70s and oh, yeah? i would put him against anybody Wow. Anybody, seriously, he is he is very good at what he does. A wolf? Would you but, put him against a wolf? Uh, yeah, I would. Would you put him in a, a zoo enclosure with Mike Tyson and a gorilla? Uh, against Mike Tyson, yes. Gorilla, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, nobody wanted to be the uh, the practice dummy when he was demonstrating no. a new technique because he would take you to the point of pain. Mm-hmm. You know that point just before you think everything's going to snap. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And and but no further. He would you know yeah. just right there, and then you would fighting that guy yeah. was Taekwondo. Don't yeah, exactly. And the nipple nerves anyway, were um, thing to behold. <laughs> the other story I have, which actually kind of falls more under sports injuries, mm-hmm. was uh, during my black belt test, which was a very long test. We mm-hmm. had to do an incredible number of things before you got to the sparring part of the mm-hmm. test. Yeah. And uh, the things you had you to do... Did you have to recite things? It was like a driving test? You have to no, do a written you test didn't have to do a written actual... test. No, okay. this is actual physical activity. Right. So parallel parking. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you got had it. to do board breaks and then you had to break a concrete block. Oh, God. And then you had to fight whoever showed up to fight you. And in my case, it was 15 people. Made of concrete blocks. Made of concrete blocks by that point. <laughs> well, I had broken my hand on what? the concrete block. Oh. So, yeah, sucks. But um, <laughs> there was a girl there. She was, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. Very limber, very strong. She had gone to world competitions and won lots of, you know, fights. Various, all the various belts. All the, mm-hmm. Well, she was a black belt. And mm-hmm. um, so she was fighting me. And for some reason, she felt the need to prove how much better than I right. that she was. Yes. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she did a lot of head kicks. Oh. Now, when you've gone and your through... your nose is your soft spot, as we determined. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you have gone through, God, let me see, 17 forms, five kicking drills, kicking on bags and paddles, 48 one steps, 56 breaking holds, board breaks, knife defense, da-da-da-da-da, you're pretty fucking tired. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So she did head kicks, and I'm like, oh, I can't block these, you know? And uh, she finally landed one on the left side of my head and followed it immediately with one to the right side of my head. 
and that was it. I was unconscious. Now, in this situation, wow. was this your test or her test or both? This was my test. Oh, right. Okay. My test. So she didn't have to go through all that stuff. No. Before she started kicking oh, you in God, the head. Oh, God, no. No, <laughs> okay. no, no. She was yeah. fresh and, right. you know, rested, this, ready to go. This kind of sounds like getting jumped into the crypts of the bloods is what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, you know. Well, anyway, so she did that and knocked me out. And I was out for, I don't know, a good minute, minute and And that's and all half. you needed to pass yeah. a test. Can you get knocked out? That is, like, yeah. really bad for you. Uh, that's a concussion. It is a concussion, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, once they woke me up, I still had to fight the rest of the people. Oh, what? Yeah. So, you know, and uh, so her dad gets out there. He's a big guy. You know, he's kind of like Mike Tyson big. And he's out there. And he's like, come on, Cameron, you can do it. Come on, come on. You know, and he's not kicking me very hard because he was encouraging me. But then he turned a back <laughs> and he kick. He just saw what his daughter did to you. Yeah. Well, then he turns a back kick, which I tried to block with my hand out, you know, vertical. And he hits it and sprained my left wrist. So now so I have a broken, broken hand. right hand and a sprained left wrist. A mild concussion. And I'm getting a concussion. <laughs> and after that was over, the test was done. They send you downstairs to change into a new uniform because your old one is like soaked. Uh-huh. And um, With you, blood. You, you don't want to get the award and yeah. the certificate and your dirty... I went into the restroom to change... I couldn't. I couldn't move my hands. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm sitting there in like tears are flowing down my it's face. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. <laughs> I did. I went home that night and sat in the bathtub and just cried, you know, and I had to call a friend of mine who is a, uh, an orthopedic uh, doctor. And he, he actually took me over to his office and x-rayed my hands and put splints on them for me. So you are also a black belt in Kwaekwondo. In Kwaekwondo. Ah. ah, da, da, da. Boom, ba, da, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. How many belts are there? How many belts do you have to go through well, to get in, the Well, in the school that I was in, there are 10. So this is what I think. Mm. I think when you get a new belt, you have to wear it over your old belt. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you, 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 you so start because, looking like the Michelin man. You exactly. Know? <laughs> exactly. Because I'm so good. Look at all my belts. Right. Right. And, and it protects and, you. And I have from, to, uh, yeah. you know, it's an extra weight I have to carry or, around. Or you like line them up on your thorax so that they act as like an extra layer of protection. It's like oh. you're wearing a Kevlar vest. Well, See, I thought it would be more belts. of an impediment. Because yeah. I got, oh, I got to carry all these belts around all yeah. the time. You know, you could combine it with ballet and make that your tutu. <laughs> yeah, just goes out. Yeah, yeah a nice it, it doesn't dress. like flutter much though. It's uh-huh. it's more like a solid piece it's of like stuff. Like made a canvas yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but you know the school that I trained at is uh, is very well known for sport taekwondo. Now, um, the uh, the guy that runs it is the master's son, and he is a world recognized taekwondo fighter, and mm. he became the Olympic coach for two years um, oh, in 2012, times. I think. So, um, yeah. Oklahoma City, center of the Taekwondo universe. Exactly. Mm. So, the little things you did not know. Call back to both toxicity and rats. In the only known instance of a mammal acquiring a lethal toxin from a plant for defense, the African crested rat, or maned rat, mm-hmm. uh, gets its poison from the Echocanthera tree, the same source used by East African hunters for poison arrows. Scientists have long suspected that the African crested rat is poisonous, primarily due to the animal's specialized behavior, mm-hmm. such as exposing a black and white coloration on its flanks when threatened mm. by predators, and accounts of dogs becoming ill or dying after any encounter with these rats. <laughs> the new discovery concerns the nature of the chemical defense. Instead of producing poison itself, as is the case with poisonous mammals such as the duckbill platypus and solenodon, mm-hmm. the African crested rat finds its toxin called uabane in tree bark. 
Researchers confirmed the hypothesis by presenting a wild-caught rat with branches and roots of the Acocanthera tree. And he was all like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> He was. <laughs> yeah. The rodent proceeded to gnaw and masticate the bark, avoiding the leaves and fruit, and applied the slaver on its flanks. Mm, slaver. Slaver. Further, the research team employed electron microscopes to examine the unique structure of the flank hairs. In doing so, they found that the perforated cylindrical structure of the hairs facilitates the rapid absorption of poisonous mm. saliva. Oh, perforated cylindrical structure of the hairs. They're uh-huh. like straws. Interestingly, uobane has also been used by doctors for centuries as a clinical treatment against congestive heart failure. Oh, so if you're having heart failure, just rub a rat on you. There <laughs> you <laughs> That's go. That's what that means. Nice. Uh, several mysteries about the enigmatic rodent remain, including how the animal uses poison without succumbing to it. How often do you hear the term enigmatic rodent? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> rodents tend to be pretty understandable. You just pretty much, yes. You just don't run in the same circles not, as I do, Joe. That's what that means. Rat. The yeah. only enigmatic rodent I can think of is Splinter. Oh, that's true. Very enigmatic. <laughs> he's, he's a wise and enigmatic mm-hmm. sensei. I like this. I like this rat. I'm uh, I'm it's, down with it. It's a uh, another tool using animal, which I have a great deal of props for. And it's you, using it for I defense. Can, you want to get some flank slaver? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't want flank slaver. You don't? No, no, I don't. I, think I'm that not sounds even good sure you could reach your flanks Kevin to slaver some, on them. Kevin uh-huh. doesn't want to kill people good his flanks. He wants to attract them there. Yeah, oh, he wants precisely. some. He wants flank pizza. Yeah. Chew up some pizza <laughs> and put it on your flanks, ladies. Say hey, it's, huh? ma- it's masticated. It's pre-masticated. <laughs> pre-masticated pizza is that what the ladies are into these oh, days? Oh, chewing is such a pain. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna pre-masticate something to attract the ladies, I just didn't think it would be pizza. What all, would you think it would be? All girls love pizza. Yes, uh, but not really. Chocolate is overrated. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I think of premasticated chocolate, and uh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, we're talking. But then you put it on your flank, and then it probably yeah. leaves a different impression. <laughs> I guess it depends on where on your flank you put it. Oh, all over. Uh, yeah, Everywhere, whatever, yeah, okay. whatever, whatever, whatever. All my flanks. Okay. Well, you're, <laughs> or just I don't think my hairs are the right cylindrical, perforated kind on my flank. To, uh, well, if you put chocolate on there, stick. it's really not going to matter. You just have to put more slaver on it. More slaver. Yeah. That's a rule that we all can live by. More slaver. Uh, another toxicity you're poisoning follow-up. 2013, Sao de Jose Rio Preto, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually from our website. Uh, Ish posted it as a comment. This is a good little article. Thanks, Ish. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. A Brazilian man has accused his wife of trying to kill him by putting poison in her vagina, oh. and inviting him to have oral sex with her. Okay. The man, identified only as a 43-year-old from São José do Rio Preto, realized something was afoot when he noticed a strange odor coming from his wife's private parts. Mm. Concerned. Like butterscotch. Yeah. That's <laughs> unusual. Uh-huh. Almonds. <laughs> yes. Concerned, he took her to the hospital, whereupon she confessed to the nefarious plan. Yes. Tests apparently revealed that the woman had placed enough of the unnamed poison in her vagina to kill both her and her husband. Whoa. She has since received medical treatment, although sources claim her husband plans to sue her for attempted murder. That's yeah. an unusual uh-huh. way to do a, like a murder-suicide. See, I don't... My no. guess is she didn't realize how absorbent the vagina can be. Yes, this is somebody who doesn't understand mucous, mucous membranes. membranes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Doesn't get... Uh, it's something just, that she explain in sex ed. Yeah, she's just Also, all, do not put poison in there. <laughs> She's all, babies come out, you know, poison goes in. That's the way the vagina works. <laughs> right? It's like well, the ultimate uh, trap. I, I've never heard the euphemism for the penis as being poisoned before. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. that's a new one on me. 
Here's the funny part. She thought that the vagina was not absorbent, but thought that his penis would be. Well, she invited oral sex. Yeah, that's true. She, that's she true. Oral, oral sex. sex, right, oh. right, right. And All the right. mouth definitely would absorb it. So. Well, yeah. How bad of a hus- husband could this guy be if she was like, honey, go down on me? And he was like, okay. Yeah, no kidding. And then right? he was like, wait, it smells funny. I'd better take you to the doctor. <laughs> you think she would have How argued. is this a bad husband? Yeah. 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 Mm. Enough uh, that he deserves poisoning, at least. Maybe he performs oral too much. Mm? Mm? He's always I going, don't like, think there's a woman uh, in the world who would turn that just down. so tired really? of all the oral sex. Maybe he just does it badly. Oh. Like you need practice. Get down there. Yeah, yeah that's uh, or, or no, he loves to do it, but he's awful at it. Surely some instruction videos would be cheaper than poison. <laughs> Now, we've talked about myiasis before. 
Your iasis? My iasis. That's when uh, your flesh becomes infested with maggots. Yes. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Ocular, Ocular myiasis. One of my favorite phrases I've learned on this show over the years. <laughs> this, is, this is a follow-up from the flies and maggots episode? This is actually a cancer follow-up. Oh? With like a kind of a flies and maggots uh, corollary? Or? Yeah. A rare complication of- Corollary? <laughs> or corollary. Or oh. corollary, as the rest of the world says. I prefer corollary. That's right. Torin is pr- correcting your pronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. It's backwards day. That. A rare complication of advanced ulcerated cancer is oral myiasis. Okay, mm. so uh, flies and maggots in your mouth. In yeah. your mouth. Okay. It affects mostly the uncovered body areas and is diagnosed by observing the larvae as they periodically surface in the central point of the lesion. There they Ew. are. You have that thing. So you, <laughs> so you get this skin cancer. Yeah. And you get a hole, and then a maggot decides to go into it and live there. Right. Well, a fly lays an egg. Or a fly lays an egg in there. there. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Dropping in <laughs> yeah, from the know. sky. Yeah, yeah. Pew, pew, pew. I'm not a fly scientist. <laughs> the maggots. Or, or a flyantist. <laughs> ah, you got to be quicker than that, Kevin. <laughs> Damn you, Torn. Oh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> The maggots scrape away the tissues and lacerate the fine blood vessels with the ends of the maggots' bodies remaining visible at the surface of the lesion, enabling the larva to breathe. Okay. Rapid extension into surrounding tissues may occur and cause tissue destruction and even tissue death. Uh-huh. Hemorrhage from the lesion is severe and the surrounding tissue becomes tense, swollen with fluid, and emitting characteristic foul-smelling <laughs> lesions. Okay, so you, not only do you have maggots in your mouth... You also have a foul smell. Your your entire, it's just ulcerated and necrotic and horrible. And here is a case presentation. And your skin is tense. Okay. That's the worst part. Uh, Which kind? Uh, Pop? Pitch? Dome? Dome. Dome Okay. Dome tense. This is from Brazil. Oh, another Brazil Uh, story. I prefer the the pronunciation Brazil. Or (laughs) Brazil. It's a little in there, isn't it? They they TH the Zs. Sure. Brazil. Brazil. You do if you have a lift. I, uh, it's Mike Tyson. Yes. <laughs> I went to Brazil. A 44-year-old man dependent on alcohol and tobacco, living in a rural area with low economic status and uh-huh. having poor living conditions, came to the federal district-based hospital in Brazil. I feel like the poor living conditions part of that was redundant. Yeah. That, yeah. It feels like that was sort of a foregone conclusion. He presented the complaint that worms were crawling out of the cancer ulcer he had for four days. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Ooh. The patient was diagnosed with advanced oral squamous cell, which is the top layer of the skill, carcinoma, and so, ulcerated necrotic wound. Do you think he meant when he said four days that there were nonstop maggots crawling out of it for four days straight? Like it's like a cancer clown car kind of thing? Or was it just over the span of four days he saw well, more than he one slept maggot? a few times. So okay. maybe they weren't doing anything then. Okay. All right. Oh, dear. I can imagine a, the cartoon version of this when he is sleeping and he's like... <laughs> Like snoring like that, and all the maggots are kind of like coming out of his or mouth, floating and going and back in, floating and going back in. Okay, I was thinking that that line of maggots could almost be coming out like when a magician does that scarf trick oh, where he keeps pulling yeah. scarves out of his mouth. There's just maggots, just, just yeah. pull, 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 pull. Yeah. Oh my god, how are all those maggots fitting into his mouth? <laughs> uh-huh. Ta-da! <laughs> oh god. The aristocrats. <laughs> Medical history revealed a palliative treatment for oral cancer, and the oncology therapy was planned for symptomatic reductions of disease okay. with intravenous administration of morphine daily. Which okay. he must have really liked. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to jump ahead so you guys can see the image of this. There it is. Oh, my Whoa. God. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, this it's is dripping. Love. So you're going to want to go to CausticSodaPodcast.com yes. to take a look. Well, oh, or not. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is probably one of the grossest pictures we've ever put up. It's so, drooling. Well, so now th- that had... That hole is big enough for four days worth of maggots. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wor- yeah. it's like forty days worth of maggots could yeah. fit in there. To describe mm. it for those of you who might not be near uh, your computer right now, mm-hmm. I don't know how you're listening to this. Uh-huh. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the majority of this fellow's chin mm-hmm. is open. Lower mandible. Lower jaw. Yeah. Lower yeah. Jaw, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is uh, open. There is uh, like a it's white and pussy. Whitish. Like. White. Pus. Uh, Creamy of color. He can't keep in his drool, so it just comes out of the side of his face. Uh-huh. He also has a, his lower lip is very distended. He also has a lot of nostril hair. I'm noticing now. Uh huh. <laughs> excessive amount. I'm thinking that's probably I'm not distracted. his major worry. That's yeah. the least of his uh, yeah. troubles right now. Oh, and, yeah. an interior examination of the. It kind of looks like a glacier is on his face. Oh man, yeah, uh, like a glacier that's going through climate change and just starting to crumble. Yeah, some stalagmites. I don't know, or possibly know. vanilla ice cream that's melting. Yeah, ah, that's that's yeah, better melting, description. Me, no, it, melting rocky road, not vanilla. I don't know. It looks like uh, buttercream. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, butter yeah. I'm thinking it looks like a rotting creamy pasta. Like if you've okay. got some kind of pasta with a creamy sauce. Okay, I like you, the direction this is going. I'm getting hungrier. I'm getting hungrier. You accidentally yeah, leave Yeah, then look out. at the picture again. You leave your fettuccine uh, out for a while. Uh-huh. And then a couple of days later, you look at it and it's kind of turning brown and droopy and... Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's face-a-genie. It's, yes. Oh. Day-old face-a-genie. Chinachini. Mm-hmm. It's chinachini. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Face-a-genie. An interior examination of the mouth revealed the patient's limitations on opening the mouth, stench, high plaque accumulation, and yes. tooth decay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Again, I think yeah. tooth decay is probably the least. How do you brush your teeth in that situation? Do you oh, brush easily. it through the mouth or so flush it through the yeah. bottom? Through the hole. Yeah, through yeah. The hole. Save time. You floss. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, just kind of pass it through there. And, <laughs> yeah, flossing yeah. becomes way easier. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, there's all my teeth that I can't normally reach. <laughs> yeah, precisely. On the plus side, you could floss with Doctor Who's scarf. <laughs> That's true. You could. Yeah, Tom Baker's scarf just uh-huh. whooshed right through there. <laughs> the patient's family reported much of the food eaten was expelled from the cancer ulcer. So he tried to eat and the food would just fall Drop out, out the hole. Of course. Oh. Of course. That's gravity, people. Yeah. The maggots were manually removed with <laughs> clinical pincer and the wound was cleaned with aqueous chlorhexidin, yes. 0.012%. Uh-huh. Okay. Bleeding through the lesion was controlled by the application of pressure with a sterile gauze. He was advised on personal hygiene and oral hygiene instructions were given. Right. Hey, this stuff you're doing, not keeping it clean, you should do other things. So do they fill the hole? Do they like spackle it or cement it shut? Or what, what happens uh, after the fact here? How do we keep his uh, food well, from falling out the hole? They had to give him a nasogastric tube uh, uh-huh. so that he could be fed uh, ah. because the food was still being expelled from the cancer ulcer. Yeah. And uh, his management was carried out weekly by antisepsis and general care. Unfortunately, he died two months oh. later. Okay. Right. Oh, boy. The cause of death was acute hemorrhage caused by the extension of the oral cancer, which means mm-hmm. he bled to death. At least you can show this pics to your kids when they refuse to brush their teeth. Uh-huh. Oh. So yeah, kids, brush your teeth once in a while. Ugh. If you get a cancer solution, go to the doctor before you, you get have, the maggots. Before, before the fourth the day of maggots. Yeah. I would say the first day. First day of maggots for, coming out hey, of the that's hole. That's a maggot. Time hey, to go he, to the doctor. He just didn't couldn't pencil it into his uh, tight schedule. Of course, I don't know what uh, medical insurance and coverage is like in Brazil either. Right. When you're homeless I mean, and when destitute. You're homeless and destitute. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. Living and, off of booze and tobacco. Yeah. And, uh-huh. yeah. Well, we all kind of told our cancer stories or what cancer stories we had during our cancer episode. Mm-hmm. I have the distinct impression that you have a cancer anecdote you'd like to pass on. 
Well, it's slightly more than an anecdote. It's uh-huh. more like a lengthy story. So um, if you feel the need to, you know, trim it down, please do so. Um, yes, I do have a cancer story. I was diagnosed in 2001 uh-huh. with uh, stage three um, invasive malignant melanoma. Now, how many stages are there? There are four. Okay. Is four the worst or the best? Four Four's is the, the worst. worst. Okay. All yeah, right. one is the best. If you have one and they can get rid of it, then you have a 95% chance of surviving okay. past five years. Okay. Okay, if you get to stage four, right. you have like a 5% chance of surviving right. five years. Mm-hmm. No, a melanoma is the skin. Yes, melanoma is a skin cancer. There are other kinds of skin cancer, the squamous cell carcinoma and I believe basal cell carcinoma. Okay. Um, those are very common and can be easily treated. And right. usually are not fatal. Melanoma is the one that'll kill you. Okay. So uh, when I heard that Torin had had melanoma, I was very interested in listening to the rest of his story. Yes, I'm still here. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I'm here because of, well, basically the miracles of modern medicine. Mm-hmm. Oh, MMM. MMM, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'd like to send props out to the uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, and to my oncologist, Dr. Gerald Falchuk. Wait a sec. So MD Anderson is a doctor? No. MD Anderson is a cancer center. Okay. It's a hospital. <laughs> okay. So in Houston, Texas. How coincidental that it starts with MD Anderson and there's doctors there. Oh, how mm-hmm. coincidental indeed. Mm-hmm. I was just I've saying, never it, actually thought of that before. I was saying, if, it was a, if it was named after a guy and his first initials were MD and he became a doctor, he'd be MD Anderson MD. That's right, he mm-hmm. would. Okay, so moving on. Here's to hoping. I do like palindromes. <laughs> yes, you do. All right, so um, I had a mole uh, in the middle of my back and I'd had it forever. And he kept waking you up at night by like scratching and scratching <laughs> with his claws, right? Uh, yeah, different kind of mole. Okay. All right. I didn't realize there were more than one kind of mole. Yeah. And it, this mole started to itch and my husband looked at it and said, you know, it looked kind of funny. I might want to get it checked out. Like funny haha? Funny haha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, was juggling and doing yeah. tricks. Every and time you looked at it, you got a rim shot. Dun, dun, right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I went to see one of the doctors at the clinic uh, where I went for general care mm-hmm. wasn't my regular doctor. And um, while I was there, I asked him to look at the mole on my back. And he looked at it and dismissed it as seborrheic keratosis, oh. which is just a mild skin irritation that, you know, your skin flakes off and it itches and that sort of thing. Okay. And um, I didn't go back to see the doctor for about eight months. You mm-hmm. know, I was fairly healthy and um, went back uh, in. August and the same doctor. No, different doctor. This was the doctor I normally saw. Okay, asked him about it, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "I'm firing that other guy." Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wish I could, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, he said, "You know, we probably ought to get that checked." And so they did a punch biopsy, and it came back stage mm-hmm. three melanoma. Oh. So they brought in Mike Tyson for the punch biopsy. Yeah, punch, mm-hmm. <laughs> punch it, punch it right in the snot just, box. Just hit, hit it right in the snot box, mm-hmm. and out of. You know, a plug sample came and got it. Yeah, I said it's it nice to know and, that he's retired from boxing. He's doing some like really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's you know like doing charity work and yeah, things like that. I had that. the punch biopsy. It's basically like uh, like a hole puncher, mm-hmm. but just one way. Yeah, it <laughs> okay. just goes in and yeah. So uh, right. I I had surgery. It doesn't go all the way through your body like a regular hole punch would. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> but anyway, I ended up having surgery uh, a couple of weeks later. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did what's called a wide local excision, which is what Torin had. 
And uh, they also did what's called a sentinel node biopsy. Mm. So how's this X-Men related? That's where they come and fight it. That's right. Well, Mm -hmm. they inject radioactive, uh, I can't remember if it's iodine or what, into the site of the lesion, the melanoma. Mm -hmm. And then you wait a couple of hours. Okay. And then they use a tracer, like a Geiger counter, to find out which lymph nodes this radioactive stuff drains into okay Mm. then they go in and they remove the any lymph nodes that are radioactive in my case they took out three how many how many does a person have under your arm oh you have i don't know 50 40 50 something like that okay so you got lots to spare yeah lots to spare okay and uh it turned out those lymph nodes were not malignant they were clean okay and so you know dodged a bullet they got it out i I was now all you have is radioactive goo in your body exactly Mm -hmm. well it dissipates (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know for the next couple of years i went to see an oncologist and i had my chest x-rays and blah 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 and i finally quit doing it because you know it didn't seem like i had anything to worry about yeah well a crisis averted crisis averted five years goes by and you're like all right party time you know it's it's gone i'm i don't need five years to say that phrase well, in cancer, you have to. Okay. You know? It's right. kind of like you're waiting for that five-year mark. And after that, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're not going to have cancer anymore, especially in skin cancers. But dun, 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 two years later, in uh, November of 2008, I uh, went out and played golf with my husband one day. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, we went out, played nine holes, went home, woke up in the middle of the night, and I thought, Jesus Christ. Christ, I've pulled a muscle underneath my right arm. It hurts like hell. Mm-hmm. Got up the next day, and there was a lump Uh-oh. in my right armpit. And it wasn't golf lump? It wasn't mm-hmm. golf lump. No, it wasn't. <laughs> get, sure it was get... about the size of a golf ball, but, it, you know. You didn't, yeah, you didn't just get hit by a line drive from another golfer and not notice the impact. And, yeah, uh, no, itself. I think that's the sort of thing you'd notice at the moment mm-hmm. that it happens. Okay. Anyway, I, again. I know, there's ladies on MTV who don't know that they're pregnant. So, I'm just saying, there's lots of things that can happen. It's fair. it's fair to say that people don't okay. know. You think that happens like getting hit by a golf ball? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pregnant. <laughs> yeah, drive Ow. by. Yeah. Oh, 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 a sperm oh, got through. Oh, oh. Yeah. Ah, that hurts. <laughs> oh. It only it really hurts nine months later. Yeah. You know. But, <laughs> yes, that okay. I believe. Yes. I don't think anybody is surprised that they had a baby. Mm-hmm. I think they're surprised that they're pregnant. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so, you know, I called my doctor again, and uh, he said, well, you know, you may have cat scratch fever. Whoa. You know, you may have, like, Does just... That happen? You might have Bieber fever. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was way before Bieber came along. Um, you know, you might have just an infected lymph node under there. So mm. we'll, you know, give you some antibiotics, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And I missed a few days of work because of the fever and the pain. And then it subsided, and I went back to work thinking everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Well, about six weeks later, it started hurting again. Now, the lump right. had stayed there. Right. You know, it didn't it go away. Receded. I thought, geez, you know, maybe it's a cyst or, you know, whatever, that infection had formed a cyst. So it started hurting again. Right. I went back to the clinic, and this time, again, I saw my regular doctor, and he said, well, whatever it is, you need to have it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he sent me over to a surgeon. The surgeon said, let's do a biopsy again. Mm-hmm. And the first biopsy he did. Mike Tyson comes in. My, yeah. The, the first <laughs> biopsy he does is like. That's why it's so rich. Yeah. yeah. It's not from the box. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's all the punch biopsy. Three days doing. before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm waiting and waiting to hear the day after Christmas, Friday, he calls me back and says, well, it was inconclusive. We need to do it again. Ah, oh, mm. 
Ooh. Shit. Does that mean they have to punch more? They have to put punch more things out of you, or yes. they just have to? Oh, okay. They they had to go back in. They didn't go deep enough. Oh, okay. here's, here's my question: What part of your body is conclusive? All of it. Uh, all of it. Yeah, yes. you into the biopsy machine. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so this time I went in. They did a, what's called an ultrasound guided fine needle aspiration. Okay. USFNA. And they it dreams of being a, language. It, it dreams of being a, a big needle aspir- it aspires yeah, they to be had a bigger to, needle. They had to get a big needle about that long. Woo. Woo. And I'm I'm holding my fingers about three inches uh, it, apart. It's good for audio. People, yeah, when they hold their yeah, fingers good apart. podcast. What can I say? <laughs> and this time they had the um, the the doctor on call standing right there who was going to look at it and tell me if it was, mm. you know, what it was. And she came back in the room and I knew from her face. Uh-huh. That it was she bad. She was throwing up at the time. No, right. she just she was looking at me like, oh, she I'm wrote so in sorry. magic marker on her forehead, it's cancer. It's cancer. <laughs> yeah, she came in, gave me you a big know, hug, but it was backwards because she was looking oh, in the yeah, mirror. Right. She did it. Right. Uh, what? Rec? Rec? Rencac? Rencac? Yeah. <laughs> Rencac? Sit? What? <laughs> anyway, she gave me a big hug, and they sent me off to see a surgeon. And um, the next day, a good friend of mine who is also an oncologist told me to drop everything. And go to MD Anderson in mm-hmm. Houston. Got it. So I did. I had surgery at MD Anderson in January of 2009. And then I started radiation treatment in February and March. Uh-huh. And then I had chemo in July. Okay. And during all of this time, uh, I mean, they took all of the lymph nodes out from okay. under my right arm. There were 33 of them at the time. Right, right. And, you know, they said, maybe we got it. Right. But unfortunately, I had another CT scan and it showed tumors were developing in my lungs. Oh, oh. no. Yeah. Oh, so I, I went from stage three to stage four, just like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, you need lungs. Yeah, you kind of do. Yeah. And I had tumors in both of them. Okay. And uh, things were looking kind of grim. I started on chemo. Right. During the chemo, which made me very sick, I lost 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the tumors got bigger. They didn't get smaller at all. Right. They what? got bigger. Yeah. So chemo was not working. No, it doesn't work on melanoma. Okay. And, so then why did um, they try it? If they know it doesn't work on melanoma. Well, they had to give it a shot because at the time there was nothing else to try. Okay. Mm. All right. So my oncologist. nothing but chemo. Yeah. And my oncologist called me into her office and said, I'm really sorry, you know, but get your affairs in order. You have six months. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Mm. 2009. All right. 2010, Who knows when people are going to be listening to this episode? They could be listening to this in 2010. Oh, that's right. Okay. Only if we have time travel <laughs> yeah. involved. I think we've already established during this episode that we do. They're tornadoes. Tornadoes cause time travel. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I went home, cried a lot, told my friends. And um, All right, here's a question. Joe, if mm. you were told you had six months to live, uh, first <laughs> thing you'd you, do. Uh, don't call me. Yeah. <laughs> I just posted on Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. there Why you would go. I call anybody? <laughs> yeah. You have to call like 50 people. Piss on Facebook. Everybody sees. Yeah. 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 Create, well, a, create a, a Facebook event? Yeah. 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 Welcome the cancer to the world. All right. Yeah. yeah. C- celebrate. Now you have to be nice to me. Celebrate. <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> Damn it. The, My entire raison d'etre is thrown out the window. Celebrate that you actually know when you're going to die. You, oh, okay. You know. Right. It's, it's no, it's no longer closure. up in the air. Yeah. Right. You get closure. You're like, oh, that's when. Now I don't have to worry about it. What about you, Torn? Six months to live. What do you do? Denial. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you go straight to denial. <laughs> that's good. That's like a 12-stage process. And you just went jump straight <laughs> jump there. Jump straight in. To like step five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you're just going to, it's not going to happen. I'm, you're just dodging reality. 
Yeah, gonna, that's go to that the one? ticket. Mm-hmm. I'll play more Dungeons and Dragons there to escape into a fantasy world. Yeah, yeah, less worrying about long-term uh, sustainability and more about just having I some think, short-term huh. fun. I think this is a really, really sad admission, but honestly, truly, the first thing I'd probably do, masturbate. <laughs> well, so it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you get news of any kind, yeah. good or bad, <laughs> yeah. what's the first thing you do? You're well, just like, masturbate. Oh, I'm so sad I got to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. some good news? Oh, I'm happy. Let's <laughs> celebrate. Uh, let's celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, at when you get big news like that, you have to clear your head right. and right. get rid of all the other things that could be making you think improperly. <laughs> yeah. And that's one way to do it. Go oh. straight for the sex. Okay. So, so, Cameron, what did you do? What did I do? Well, <clears throat> I, I think I handled it pretty well. I... You know, I created an account on a, a web page called Caring Bridge. Okay. And there was a place for people who have, you know, terminal diseases mm-hmm. and other things to update their status without having to call everybody, like you said, make 50 phone calls. Right. Yep. You just do one uh, update and people read it. Um, and I think by writing about it, mm-hmm. it helped me, you know, go through the process. Right. Of thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. Right, and I suppose like this whole website is kind of like a big internet support group kind of. It thing. is, yeah. yes, yeah. very much so, mm-hmm. and uh, that helped a lot. Okay, and um, then a couple of weeks later, the oncologist called me in and she said, "I just read where they're starting a new trial of a new drug down at MD Anderson mm-hmm. for." Um, Melanoma, are you interested in taking part? And you were like, nah. I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. I have to drive think. all the way down there. Yeah, Who you know, it's kind of. Can out you of my send way? someone to pick me up? Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, of course would, I said yes. Yeah, who would ever say no to that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so she sent my information down there. They they contacted me and said, you know, if you want to take part, come down on these mm-hmm. dates. I went through all the pre-testing, and they said, yes, you're a candidate. Right, and they're loving it because you're, uh, you know, not in the best of shape. And, uh, you know, they. I'm, I'm assuming that these kinds of trials love the extreme examples because... Well, actually, at that point, I was in pretty good shape. Right, okay. You know, I was actually very healthy, except, except for the for, cancer. Right. You know? And so what am I going to do? So I go down there and they inform me that I have to stay there for a month when I start the trial. Mm -hmm. And so we made all the arrangements. And uh, it's an oral medication. Thank goodness. It's not anything you have to do intravenously or anything like that. So you just take a pill twice a day. And what color was the pill? It's red. Ah, the red pill. The red pill. That's the good matrix pill, the, right? The matrix pill, that's yeah. right. All right, good times. And uh, at first, I did not have any problems with it. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed the month, everything was fine. We went back home. and um, So you took a pill every day for 30 days, and then they, they set you free to roam the wild. Pretty much, yeah. They okay. said, okay, you're not having any adverse reactions to this. So. Did they send you home with another bottle of pills to yes. keep taking? Oh, okay. yes. All right. Yes, they, they keep me supplied with these pills. And that was part of the agreement. You know, yeah. if you agree to be the guinea pig... They the will supply you with the pills for free. Got it. Right. You know, you have to cover all the cost of everything else, you know, like transportation and testing and things like that. Now, because of the way science works and these t- trials work, was there a 50% chance that they were giving you a placebo? No. Oh, okay. No, not in this case. Okay. When you get to the point where you have people who are going to die if they do not receive any right. medication, right. they will give you this medication or this medication and another medication right. or just the other medication. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. So, so they're testing like three things at once. So okay. this is obviously this policy has changed since Dallas Buyers Club in like 1984. Oh, right. Because right, right. there was that test group, that AIDS test group was getting placebo. 
Right. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. the, the, in this case, no, there there were no placebos. Oh, so Hollywood okay. did not tell t- uh, tell me that. Thing. That's right. You did not some learn of that. The, that movie Hollywood has failed you. Mm-hmm. That movie was Just pretty once, good, though. but some of that felt... It, that guy was not the hero that we all thought he was. That's all <laughs> oh, I'm saying. Oh, Ron? Yeah, he was a flawed individual. Okay, so I went home, continued to take the meds, uh-huh. and... Um, after, uh, I would say, six to eight months, I started to develop a skin rash, okay. which they had told me was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it you know, wasn't too bad. It was on my hands, my feet, my arms, my legs, just kind of a red rash. I still have it. Okay. You know, I'm kind of red and blotchy in so places. When you say it was only on my hands, feet, arms, legs... That just uh, leaves torso. Yeah, I was about to say, that does leave a whole heck of a <laughs> well, lot left. you know, it's not on my face, at least, which okay. is nice. All right. There you um, go. And then... It was I, it itchy? It was. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, but, you know, I could deal with that. Okay. Then um, I began to have fevers. And those were not fun. Right. Just out of the blue, you get hit with chills that are so bad, you feel like your bones are going to break. Oh, my God. Wow. And you just, all you can do is, you know, drop into bed and pile the blankets on and wait for it to be over with. And how long does it and, last? Uh, the fevers lasted about four days, four or five days, and then mm. they let up and just went away. No but reason the, at all. Those chills weren't satisfying. <laughs> they but were you not. did lose control. Yes, I did. The power they weren't supplying. Anyway. It was electrifying. Yes, it was. Okay. Now, it turns out that the serious fevers um, were uh, can occur. You know, I'm reading this off of my notes here. Serious febrile reactions, that means fever, and fever of any severity complicated by hypotension, meaning your blood pressure drops, right. rigors or chills, mm-hmm. dehydration or renal failure, that's kidney failure, mm-hmm. can occur when this drug is administered. So I didn't know that at the time, but I found it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the incidence of fever was 28% in patients which, who were treated with this drug. This was information released after the fact? Yes. Uh, and and then serious fever reactions, complicated by those things, occurred in 3.7%. Oh, so you're lucky three. Oh, yes, yeah. of patients treated so, with this drug. So I was in that 3.7%. You're in the top 3.7%? I am a small percentage person. That's yeah. what I can say. Do here. you know how many people were being treated? There were several different groups who were being treated. My group had, I believe, 100 people in it. Okay. And I was one of the first. Now, this says that there were 586 total patients treated with it as a single drug in other words not in combination well here's what i want to know what do the occupy wall street people have a problem with this because they were protesting the 3.7 percenters right (laughs) those small percentage people Mm -hmm. yeah i just have no idea Mm -hmm. anyway later on i began to develop eye problems Uh oh i was actually sitting as in me myself and i as in me myself and my eyes who am i Yes. What's going on? <laughs> Why am I here? Why am I here? This drug causes existential crisis. Yeah. So I was actually sitting in, in the waiting room at MD Anderson waiting to see my doctor when all of a sudden the vision in my left eye went away. It was like somebody had dripped ink into the corner of my eye and it just, 
It just oh. went black. Oh, okay. wow. I was about to say, you had an Android in your eye up to that point, and then <laughs> it went away? That would be a good thing, right? Yeah. Anyway, and it finally, it receded, and then it happened again, and it receded, and it happened again. This was all in one afternoon? Or? All, it was like in 15 minutes' time. Okay. Uh, all this happened, and it so it's scared like blink- the shit out of me. Basically, your body was blinking for you. Yes. <laughs> so without, without using your eye, without using yeah. eyelids, got in to see my doctor. He immediately sent me down to the ophthalmologist, uh-huh. and um, yeah, they said, "Well, I think it's a you know, it could be you had a mini stroke. It could be that you had a blood clot in your eye. Mm-hmm. It could be any number of things, and it's you know, it might be the drug." Okay. So. Anyway, I have developed what's called uveitis and iritis mm-hmm. in my in both of my eyes, mm. which means inflammation. I like to be ritis. I have that. Yes, I know you mm-hmm. do. Anyway, it just means I inflammation. Got that in yeah, inflammation in my eyes. In fact, my right eye uh, developed iritis, which is your iris is actually made up of tiny pleats. Okay. Okay. Like an accordion. Okay. Right. Okay. And that's how it expands. A circular accordion. It expands and contracts with those little pleats. Uh-huh. Well, mine had become so inflamed that the the little pleats would not open and shut. Okay. And so my eye had like single vision. It w- you know wouldn't react to light. Okay. Or anything like that. Oh, weird. What was the effect of that? Like what it, happened? Well, it just meant that my eye you go felt super bright and then super dark, and you can adjust to things and. You know, I had to wear sunglasses a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it just, my eye felt weird. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can so, see that. Again, go they to the felt- ophthalmologist and, yeah. yeah. So they diagnosed it. They gave me um, dilation drugs mm-hmm. um, to relax the muscles that control those little pleats. This is the thing uh, that you drip in your eye? Yes. Yep. And I had to do that for like three weeks to get those muscles to finally stop being inflamed and okay. relax. Uh, that sounds like a positive. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> I, I uh, needed to know how many other people had developed that. So I looked and I got to find it here. Uveitis and iritis occurred in 1%. Oh, you're like one in a million. Of patients <laughs> treated with this drug. Oh. Yeah. And like six out of 586 people. Right. Yeah. Wow. So that was another thing. I was a small percentage person. You are very on. special. I am uh, very special. Did you guys start your own little six-person support group? <laughs> and then just like turn the lights off? And, yeah, uh, whatever. Huh. Hyperkeratosis. That's where your skin becomes very thick. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. I have that, especially on my feet, which is kind so of annoying. So you have thick but skin. Yes, I have thick skin. We can I'm start calling you. her names. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's why she's Soda Jerk Prime 2014. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, you definitely need thick skin for that job. But, you know, so hyperkeratosis, headaches, fever, pain in your joints, mm-hmm. uh, warts, uh, losing your hair. God, this is what, I, you know, what happens to me all, when I hang with Joe for a weekend. Yeah, these are all the side effects that they've determined occur with this drug. So I've talked about the negative parts of it. Mm-hmm. The positive part is that I'm still here. You're alive. I hey. am alive. <laughs> and yeah, after, uh, see, I started in October. Screw those pleats in my eyes. Yeah, really. I'm going to turn those pleats into flat front khakis. <laughs> I started in October. In December, 
the tumors in my in my lungs had begun to shrink. Oh. And Woo-hoo! by February, they were gone. Oh, wow. Yeah. February of 2010, they gone were gone. Tumors. Gone tumors in my favorite So now you, you still have to take the medication. I still have to take the medication. And you're still having some of the side effects. Twice a day. I'm still having the side effects. In fact, I need to go see my ophthalmologist again when I get home because my right eye is starting to get blurry again. And I have to have injections of steroids into my eyes. Wow. About every six months to keep my vision from being just, you know, horrible and I can't see. Uh, do you, uh, every time that happens, are you tempted to like walk out of the office saying, my eyes are so pumped up <laughs> right now? <laughs> I totally, my, uh, no, I crush you with my eyes. Yeah. I will look at you and crush you with my eyesight. <laughs> No, mainly I'm just going to wear my sunglasses because everything's really right. bright. Mm-hmm. Boo. Yeah, sorry. Arnold is known for that stare. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't yeah. they make it break a, his glasses one time? He like looked at somebody and then his lens broke. Isn't <laughs> oh, his lens popped out. Re- yeah. Lots of steroids in the eyeball. I would love to have the power that if you like, you know, you looked at somebody and then you squinted really hard, they got kind of squished. Like, they were, ooh, uh, 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 I can't move. And then you like, you know, like really threw your eyes down. You could crush somebody. Telekinesis, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to add one last thing to this. Okay. Okay. And that is May coming up here. Uh, is, 2014. Yes, 2014. Well, May of every year mm-hmm. actually is National Skin Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, okay. 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 Mm-hmm. And I would like to remind everybody of the skin cancer ABCDEs. Okay. Ooh, okay, sure. Okay. Right. Skin cancer, here we go. The A is asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Normal moles or freckles are completely symmetrical. If you drew a line through a spot, you'd have two halves that looked exactly alike. In cases but only of if you draw a line to the middle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In cases of skin cancer, the spots will not look the same on both sides. Okay. Okay. B is for border. The borders or edges of an irregular mole are uneven, jagged, or blurry. Mm-hmm. C is for color. Normal moles are uniform in color. Moles are considered to be abnormal when they are more than one color or shade. Mm -hmm. This can include lightening or darkening of the mole. Plaid is right out. Plaid is right out, yes. D is diameter. If a mole is larger than a pencil eraser, and they're talking about normal pencil erasers, not those great big... Not the novelty ones? Not the novelty (laughs) ones, yes. About a quarter of an inch or six millimeters. It is considered to be abnormal. This this includes moles that do not have any other abnormalities. I hope everyone's checking their body all over right now. I am like, I can't wait. Everybody take your pants off. That's right. For this episode to be over so I can run home, like look at all my moles. And E stands for evolution. Evolution refers to any changes in the symmetry, borders, colors, and diameters of an existing mole. And if you can actually right. see them moving right now, <laughs> yes, yes. Go to get your to the doctor right away. <laughs> Especially if a maggot is poking out. Yeah. Or hey, hey what's up? What's if, it's, up if it's moving right now, maybe you can just flick it off. Maybe it's not a mole at all. That's, that's <laughs> if it scrapes off, then oh, you're it was okay. A yeah. <laughs> but it was a mole. It was a woodlouse. All right. So thank you guys for letting me pu- uh, publicize that oh, and yeah. get the word out. Thank we you. are thank um, you. melanoma is one of the most devastating cancers yeah. uh, out there right now and um, it uh, it especially affects younger people um, because sun tanning and sun whatnot. tanning is really a bad thing I think the reason that I developed melanoma is because my family would go to Florida every summer from mm. the time I was an infant 
And of course, we did not have sunblock back then. Right. We had, you know, baby oil and skin ski tanning and stuff lotion. like tanning yeah. lotion. Yeah. And so I remember coming the home. Of the sun on you. <laughs> yeah. I came home with blistered backs more times than I can remember. One so. more reason to stay out of Florida, people. <laughs> no, Florida's fine. Just stay out of the sun. Yeah. Wear or some put sunscreen. On, put on some sunblock. Don't go outside. High SPF? Why not? Yeah. Last time I went down to Florida, I had a spray on sunblock. It was SPF 110. Nice. I was like, wow, this is going to be like a shield on my body. Did it look like stormtrooper armor? Yeah, I was about to say, you (laughs) spray spray it it on. Spray it on in white. Oh, it was like that uh, that fake ad in Robocop or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Remember the, the sun tanning lotion on on that uh, Latino actress whose name I can't remember, uh-huh. and it was all like opaque, yeah. and green or something like <laughs> oh that. Oh my god! Be- because Whoa. in RoboCop, the whole the, oh, the whole nose on uh, ozone layer was gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, going from that to some information on crap medicine. This is a quackery follow up. Mm. The FDA recently put out a safety alert warning the public that certain homeopathic products may contain measurable amounts of penicillin, enough to cause an allergic reaction in those who are, who are sensitive. Okay, when nice. did this happen? This is uh, March 2014. Terra Medicia Inc. is voluntarily recalling 56 lots of their Pleo-based homeopathic drug products in liquid tablet capsule ointment and suppository forms to so the consumer level. They're saying, please, oh, return this product to us at your earliest convenience. Yes. Now I can take non-medicine in my bum. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The FDA has determined that these products have the potential to contain penicillin or derivatives of penicillin, which may be produced during the fermentation process. Whoa. I don't remember there being fermentation in homeopathy. Uh In patients who are allergic to beta-lactam antibiotics, even at low levels, exposure to penicillin can result in a range of allergic reactions from mild rashes to severe and life-threatening anaphylactic reactions. Got it. We we talk about homeopathy being bunk, but uh, at least it's nothing. It's sugar or it's just water. There's nothing in it. Mm -hmm. The problem is... The worst that's happening is you're spending money on nothing. Right. The problem is, in the U.S., homeopathic products do not require testing or any FDA approval process. Right. So you can make any drug you want, pretty much put whatever you want in it. Nice. And call then it it and call it homeopathic and nobody has to test it and people will believe you what it does and believe you that it's safe. They're basically pre-approved by law. That's awesome. Yeah. So in this way, a company can market a drug that has actual pharmacological activity, but market it as homeopathic product that requires no testing and it's automatically approved. It's, it. it's bunk. The rules need to change. So people should just keep their eyes peeled and their pleats <laughs> pleated. Yes. If you can. If, if you, you can, can, yes. <laughs> when it concerns homeopathic stuff, especially if you're allergic to shiznit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And don't take homeopathic products. Like, they're mostly safe mm-hmm. because they're bunk. Yeah. Okay. So this is... Kind of related to homeopathy, but not really. It, it has to do more with poisoning. Okay. okay. Are, are you guys doing a poisoning update? We, we did, did toxicity. Yeah. toxicity. You can talk about whatever you oh, like. Oh, okay. This you know, is, I didn't clackery. even think about it, but yeah, this is definitely toxicity, and this was my fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, I took chemistry, and uh, one year our spring break project was to do some sort of chemical experiment. And you drank mercury. Uh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn it. Almost. You're close. So what I decided to do was crystallize some um, chromium chloride. 
Okay. Which, which is a beautiful purple color. Okay. I actually went through. My father was a geologist. All right. And he had actually built into our home. He Your house had, was made of geodes. Uh, well, we we had a lot of them around. Uh-huh. Uh, we, he had built a laboratory, a chemical laboratory, into our house. Okay. Which is probably why I went on to get a degree in chemistry. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, halfway there. Yeah. Still growing up. High school. You know, I'm I'm supposed to do some. There it is. The the beautiful purple color right there. Um. So I decided I was going to dissolve that in water and then put a string in there with some seed crystals on it and grow, you know, the uh, beautiful big crystal of this okay. chromium okay. chloride. This sounds, this sounds like an experiment that would be deemed scientific Yeah. Right? So anyway, I did the, uh, you know, thing where I put it in water and I did all that yep. and dissolved it. And looking around the kitchen to put it in, I couldn't find anything except a jar like that you put juice in okay okay Okay. all right and so i put the cap on it and you know put the string down in it and whatever and put it in the refrigerator okay Uh oh well my brother who was almost four years older than i am okay it's like what's a uh, grapefruit grape juice came home looked in the (laughs) fridge said oh look grape juice i think i'll have some yeah Took the wow. cap off, ignored the string, you know, didn't right. think anything about that. Well, took, people put string in grape juice all the time. All the time, yeah. <laughs> took several big gulps of it and went, <laughs> several. yeah, this isn't grape juice. So he put it back in the fridge and went on about his business. Now, I'm guessing chromium chloride should not be ingested? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> it is extremely he toxic. He, he turned purple like the girl in uh, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Well, he more or less turned green <laughs> Okay. because he drove over to where my mom was doing something and he was going to go pick her up and take her grocery shopping. Got out in the parking lot and started throwing up. Right. All right. Yeah, so she came out and she was like, what's wrong? And why is it purple? (laughs) Yeah, and he told her what he had done and she said, oh my God. So she rushed him to the hospital. They had to insert an isogastric tube and pump activated charcoal into his stomach to absorb the rest of the the chromium because chromium will replace iron in your blood. Oh, Oh, is yeah. that good or bad? That's well, extremely you, well, bad. You'll look really nice and shiny. That's yes, fair. but you'll look really nice spread out on a slab too. Oh. So fortunately, they were able to get you know get it in time. He hadn't ingested enough of it to kill him, but it was pretty damn close. Okay, <laughs> but your brother. It, yeah. On the positive side of this story, he can totally lord this over you for the rest of both of your lives, right? Yeah, no, that's true. He's yeah. an older brother. He does it anyway. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that kind of capital, you can't well, just... When somebody almost kills you, you... Uh, yeah, you know. You know. I'm not saying you weren't partly responsible, but like, who just opens a fridge and drinks a jar of grape juice that doesn't smell like grape juice? Like grape juice, I know. It's not yours. Well, uh, I would have that. The lesson I learned from oh, that is to label everything yeah, yeah. that you put in anywhere. You know what, so he saw the string; it was just like grape juice tampon. Right? Yeah, maybe that was. <laughs> I think he just wasn't thinking at all. Yeah. He just took a drink out of it. Precisely. So thirsty, I'll drink anything with a string in it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Is that the rule of thumb? Cameron? Yes. What's your phobia? Have you got one? You know, I generally don't have one. However. Little red pills. Spiders <laughs> really <laughs> don't. I, I, You know, as long as spiders are like over there, I'm okay with them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't like them when they're crawling on me. And okay. uh, yeah, I actually have a small story about this. When I was about six or seven years old, I was running up to the door of our house mm-hmm. to come inside. I'd been outside playing 
And I didn't look where I was going because I knew where the door handle was. And I reached out, grabbed the door handle, looked down, and right next to my hand on the brick was a tarantula. What? In Oklahoma? In Oklahoma. We have a lot of tarantulas. Oh, really? Really? And this thing was, it was bigger than my hand, okay? You know, because I was small and scared me to death. I let out a piercing scream. And and tarantulas don't like screaming little girls. Yeah, and my mother came running and she was like, what is your problem? It's just a spider. (laughs) You know, but But from then on, I'm I'm just kind of a little creeped out by spiders. Okay. Yeah, so. Now. I think I would scream like a little girl if I, there was a tarantula on my hand whether I reach for a handle. Yeah, surprise tarantula. I, surprise. Like I'm not a, I'm not I'm not afraid of spiders especially. If if, I I would be I think wary around ones I'd be worried are poisonous. However, mm-hmm. I understand tarantulas aren't that bad. So I generally I I'm the least scared of spiders among my friends when we find one I'm like, yeah, I'll get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But surprise tarantula, yeah, bigger than my hand, yeah, yeah, yeah that would certainly make me uh, leap back to ensure that everything was safe. That's for a the while. name of the species, right? Surprises, surprise tarantula, surprise tarantula, surprises yes. tarantula, yes, surprises tarantulas or whatever, yes. <laughs> It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feeling, a feeling you know that we'll be back when the week is new. And we'll have more gross facts for you. And you'll have things you want to hear about. We will too. This is the Caustic Soda Jerk Tom Perry from Orem, Utah. Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while simultaneously performing his own version of Tub Girl. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, make sure you visit the website at causticsodapodcast.com. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes, visit us on Facebook, you can tweet us at Twitter at Costa Podcast, and you can email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Medical history revealed a pal. <clears throat> it's palliative? Palliative. Palliative. God. Medical history revealed a palliative treatment palliative, for... Palliative, the other way. Palliative. Oh, opposite. <laughs>